Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. Listeners, something about me has changed, and I suppose it happened slowly over time, maybe a gentle shift, but it's now who I am, and I'm ready to talk about it. So in this week's episode of Bullet Points, I want to talk about my relationship with alcohol, because I've realized probably over the last six months, but I think it's really come to a head over the last month or so, that what I thought were my factory settings about how I thought about alcohol have been updated. And like a software update, there's kind of no going back. The previous settings are now obsolete. And my instinct now, that factory setting, if you like, is to limit or even abstain from alcohol, which is so at odds from how my relationship with alcohol used to be. It's a real shift from the woman who spent much of her 20s and 30s drinking at parties and only thinking the night was a good one if everyone was drunk, bladdered, trolleyed, hammered, wasted, plastered, three sheets to the wind, slosh, pissed, you get the idea. It felt like that was a hallmark of a great time had by all if everybody was inebriated, which maybe now I'm older and wiser, I realise might not have been the case, but it was a good time. It has, to be, it has to be said. I can be honest about that. There were some great, great times. And the only reason I'm thinking about this now and the way that I'm thinking about it is because I overindulged the other night, which is a rare blip for me. And by overindulge, I mean, normally I will, if I go to an event for work, for example, I might have a glass of champagne, but then I move swiftly onto sparkling water but the other night I didn't. So Susan Yara from Naturium was in town. She's been on this podcast, so you may remember who she is. She is the founder, one of the founders of Naturium, and she's great, great fun. She's also just the be- just the best company. And Naturium skincare is amazing. Follow me on Instagram because I'll be reviewing the latest developments from them because they're really, really good. But she had a dinner. She was in London. She was over from the US, and we had a dinner in town. And when I arrived, it was very kindly. What a lovely situation to be in. I was offered a glass of champagne and I took a sip. And normally that's my kind of take a sip. And if you think this is going to make you feel funny, just put the glass down. If you, if it feels fine, uh, carry on. Who cares? And the reason I say that is because it's quite common for women in perimenopause, which I'm definitely in, to begin to find it difficult to tolerate these grape-based alcoholic beverages like white wine and champagne like you couldn't pay me to drink a glass of chardonnay at the best of times but definitely now and I used to love a sauvignon blanc but no I won't go near it because my reaction is that it's not across the board it's not every time but it's too often for me to risk it is I can take two or three sips And within 15 minutes, it is as though I have a full head cold. And then I might have to take an antihistamine or just kind of ride it out. But it's very uncomfortable. It's a sudden thing. It doesn't feel very good. And so as a result, I've just, there are certain drinks that I avoid. But the temptation of a glass of champagne gets me in because it's not every time and I seem to be attuned to it. I can take a sip of a drink and I can know instantly whether I need to not have any more or have more. Um, And on that occasion... I was sitting next to my friend Inga. Uh, You will know her if you're a long-time listener. She is a fellow beauty journalist. And we were having a great catch-up and a good chat. And so I finished my glass of champagne. And then when another one was put next to me, I drank that too. So I had two drinks and a sip of a margarita, which was very, very strong. Two sips. Okay, three sips. I didn't drink the whole thing, but I had some margarita. And I didn't feel drunk. 
but I did not care for how I felt at the end of the evening because I just felt foggy. I felt a bit irritated. I didn't have that histamine reaction, but I did feel a bit stuffy in my nose. And I thought, oh God, is that really worth it? And I didn't really drink a great deal during the lockdowns. And I know that a lot of my friends did. I know that a lot of people started drinking more. And I've had conversations with friends who've talked about the fact that during lockdown, it started off with a glass of wine in the evening, then it would escalate. And actually, since coming out of lockdown, uh, they've had to become quite measured about how they consume alcohol. I was the other way around completely. I just didn't drink during the lockdowns. I didn't really drink during 2020 and 2021. And I guess when I started seeing friends again, that break in drinking alcohol meant that I kind of lost my taste for it. I just sort of, it was, it just, I lost that reflex of, oh yeah, let's have a glass of wine. And trust me, I used to love getting a buzz from a glass of champagne or a spicy margarita, but somewhere along the way, it's really lost its appeal. And I don't just think it's because of the histamine reaction. I think it's because of a, a bigger thing. I also think it's because of getting older. When I went to LA recently, I, I was, I've been racking my brains and I honestly think I had a grand total of two drinks on the entire trip a spicy margarita when I went to Gracias Madre with my friend Steve and an eye-wateringly strong cocktail with my friends Lindsay Kevin and George in Vegas and if you've seen me on Instagram I'm drinking a very elaborate looking cocktail but actually it was just it was just pineapple juice and ice cream with a load of cocktail like stuff stuck into it it was non-alcoholic which was a great choice because I was tempted to try it with rum and I'm glad I didn't because I was very jet lagged and I would have been out for the count and this the uh, strong cocktail I had at the Cosmopolitan in Vegas it was so strong that I sipped it for three hours and I still didn't finish it and it was a very very small drink it was I don't know 100 milliliters max but it was just pure alcohol and it was very very potent and I, I couldn't get to the end of it it was delicious but yeah it was just a lot so it's less about the alcohol for me and what I've been thinking about is the fact that it's more about the fact that I enjoy feeling clear-headed and that's what's informing my decisions around what and how I drink and even as I'm saying this I'm wondering if I've turned into the kind of person I used to sneer at and think oh god get alive just relax um, someone remove the broomstick from up your bum. I enjoy waking up and being able to start my day by working out or hitting the laptop. And to do that, I need to have done the groundwork the day before, and that's eating well, staying hydrated, getting enough sleep. You get the gist. And alcohol just doesn't feature as a main character in that scenario. Although I am open to the occasional cameo appearance, I'm not going to lie. And last week, in fact, speaking of cameo appearances, I went to a lunch. And it was a lunch where it was a work lunch, but I was surrounded by lots of uh, old friends, like people that I know through work, friends who've become really good friends through work. And I thought, well, that if there's any time to relax and have a drink, that's it. And there was quite a limited list of cocktails, actually. And I went for the tequila-based one because it's the alcohol that seems to agree with me or disagree with me the least. But it did something funny to me that day. I could feel a rage bubble brewing up inside me. I could feel a wave of grumpiness taking over. And I started to feel very, very tired. And there was almost like an internal clock that went off and it was a countdown. It was like, you have T minus 60 minutes to get home. Otherwise, something bad's going to happen. I had to get out of there. And it was because I had misjudged my drink choice. And it was making me feel uneasy, uncomfortable, irritated, all of the above. And I know myself well enough now to know that's a bad case and that's a bad scenario, just leave. And 
it was a bit sad really and actually what happened was I was so full of like this kind of like this sort of Hulk-like energy that when I got home I walked into my office and I've been thinking this for a while but my bookcase and again if you follow me on Instagram you know that I have a big bookcase that has my books on it and it's all color-coded and I'd been thinking for a while that's decorative essentially and it takes up a massive footprint in my office and I was beginning to think oh you know what maybe I need to get rid of that bookcase so I walked through the door I took off my high heels I got out of my fancy outfit I put on my tracksuit and I dismantled that bookcase in I swear less than five minutes (laughs) the books all came out they were packed away in bags taken to the charity shop and that bookcase was dismantled and taken to the tip uh, it was, I mean, it was a bit rickety at the back and it couldn't be, it couldn't be saved. And also when I was ripping it apart, I may have fundamentally uh, bothered its integrity for being able to stand up straight again. Anyway, the point I'm making is, is that that was definitely an alcoholic sort of fueled energy, weird thing that happened. And I used to love a few glasses of wine. And when I used to drink, when I uh, was on my own, I've mainly been a social drinker, I have to be honest, but there was something really nice about having a glass or two of wine and then revisiting some of my favourite songs by watching their live performances on YouTube and dancing around. And I still do that just without the wine. And maybe there's a spot of interpretive miming that goes on as well, especially if I'm listening to Silver Springs, uh, the live uh, 1997 Warner Brothers uh, version that you can find on YouTube. It's a strong recommend for me. But then the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it is because a friend invited me over and referenced how we used to drink rosé a lot together. And there was one night in particular where we went out to a local restaurant. We drank quite a lot of rosé. Then the, the restaurateur uh, brought us over glasses of rosé as, as complimentary. And by the end of the evening, we had promised to do social media for his restaurant. Like, we just, it was just, we were just, <laughs> we, we were just very enthused. And it was all fueled by the rosé. And she said, oh, come over, come over and we'll, do, we'll have rosé night. We'll drink a couple of bottles of rosé. And there was just this feeling in the pit of my stomach of, ugh, I don't want to. I just don't, I, the idea of drinking rose to excess now just makes me feel awful. And I started to think about how can she still drink, but how can I get away with not drinking as much or like avoiding it? And that's the new bit. That's the new feeling, the actively not wanting to, rather than thinking, oh, I'll only have one or maybe I shouldn't. There's definitely been a switch, a feeling of, I actually don't want to consume anything that makes me, that sort of takes me from feeling good to feeling average. So yeah, that feeling of not feeling sharp because of a choice you made the night before about drink, that's just something I now, I actually berate myself for a bit the next day. I'm like, oh, you idiot, you knew this was going to happen. So that's why I wanted to talk about it on bullet points, because I'm curious to know from you, has your relationship changed over time with alcohol? Um, did the lockdowns have an impact on your relationship with alcohol? If I really think about it, a lot of my choices now are from a zoomed out position. It's less about how I will feel now, but more how I think, I think I think a bit more long-term. It's like, well, how will I feel tomorrow? Is this worth it? Will this be worth it tomorrow? Whereas I didn't think that way before. And alcohol is one of those things that it's hard to make a case for indulging in these days. I enjoy it. I will still drink. But whereas one drink could easily turn into two, three, four, or five. Now there's a there's very much a switch in place that takes me to a fizzy water with a wedge of lime and call me boring, but I don't know, I prefer it. 
So, do you feel the same or have I turned into the most boring person in the room? Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Let me know. Email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. DM me on Instagram where I'm at Emma Guns. Post in the Facebook group and let me know whether your relationship with alcohol has changed. For better or worse, let's talk about it. And um, thank you very much. I'd love to hear what you think. So that's everything for this week's bullet points. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following, commenting on all my posts, for subscribing, for spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it hugely and I will see you on the next one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.